Well, I don't know if you heard about the Spanish captain, and he told his interpreter, he said, listen, I want you to ask this Inca chief that we just captured where all his gold is. So the interpreter asked the Inca chief where the gold is, and, and, uh, and the Inca chief said, I'm not telling you. I'd rather die before I told you where our gold's at. And the, the captain said to the interpreter, well, you ask him, just tell him this. If he don't tell, tell me, I'm going to burn his feet in the fire. So the interpreter told him, he's going to burn your feet in the fire. Where's the gold? And he said, you tell him, I'd rather die than tell him where that gold's at. He goes, oh, he'd rather die. He goes, well, you tell him that, 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 that I'm going to do it anyway. So, so he burned his feet in the fire, brought that chief back to him. So now tell, he said to the interpreter, now tell me, tell that guy that uh, he needs to tell me where that gold's at. He said, where's the gold? He goes, I'm not telling him. I'd rather die. He goes, will you tell him that I, I'm going to hang him from a tree? So the interpreter says, he's going to hang him from a tree. He goes, I'd rather die. Tell him I'd rather die. He goes, he'd rather die. It's okay. So they hung him from a tree. He's gasping for breath. Captain said, cut him down, bring him to me. He brought him to me. He said, I'm not playing with you now. He said to the interpreter, now you tell him, tell him right now, quickly. Where's that gold? Where's the gold? He said, I'd rather die. <sighs> Captain said, you tell him that I'm going to skin him alive if he does not tell me where that gold is. So the servant said, he's going to skin you alive. And the chief said, it's one mile south of us in a little cave behind a waterfall. The captain said, what did he say? The interpreter said, he'd rather die than tell you where that gold's at. I tell you, he's, he's committed. He's committed. How many know not every, everything people tell you is the truth, right? Come on. It's not always the truth. Well, I, have you ever felt, here's a question for you. Have you ever felt a little intimidated, perhaps a little bit um, overwhelmed, unprepared for the task in front of you, a little daunted, perhaps a little inferior, a little inadequate for maybe the situation that you're going through or attempting to walk into. Anybody besides me in the house, raise your hand, felt like that before. Okay, I believe we're in good company. I, I believe that maybe it probably would be different though if we really believed when we were in these situations, as unsettling and intimidating as it may be, that God doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the called. In other words, God's not looking about how good you are at stuff. God's, God's just going to call you and he's going to say, we're going we're to make you good in the process. We're, we're in a process. We're, we're going to cause you to become, become righteous, holy in the process. You don't have to be perfect. You, I mean, no, you don't go to a doctor if you're okay, right? You only go to a doctor when you, you got some issues going on. It's the same way with the Lord. The Lord is in this process of, of bringing us to a place of health and wholeness and, and, and a place where he can use us in a marvel, marvelous way. And I, I believe if we truly believe that, that God could work through us, we would perhaps do things differently in our lives. We would perhaps adventure and go and approach things that we perhaps would walk away from in fear before time, in, 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 in other times. So I'm going to give you a little review real quickly. Um, we've been talking about this little boot up we call a series. We've been talking about how the armor of God, how God's given us these pieces of material to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. And also he's given us some things as well to cause us to rise up and defeat the enemy like Patrick was sharing with us earlier. I wonder what would happen if we truly believed that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. 
I wonder if we would really uh, try to do some things that we perhaps would have shied away from if, as a result of not believing that. But that's the Bible. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you've got somebody great inside of you. Go ahead. Come on. You've got somebody great living right up inside your house. But sometimes we don't believe that because we don't really know exactly what we really do have. I wonder what we would do if we knew what the enemy thought of us. I wonder what we would, if we would change the way we lived, if we truly could overhear perhaps what the devil thinks about you and what's inside of you. In fact, there's, a, there's scripture to tell us that very story. There's a guy by the name of Gideon. We talked about him a few weeks ago and and he had this incredible army that he had gathered together to fight against the enemy that had come against Israel. 22,000 people gathered together. That's a formidable army. And of course, God whittles it down to now he has 300. And God says, now with your 300, I want you to go and I want you to fight this big battle. I want you to take down the enemy. And of course, how many of you would be, it's the same as Gideon going, God, you know, I'm, I love you and I trust you, huh? I'm not feeling too good about the odds here. Come on, somebody. Those aren't very good odds. Thousands and thousands against 300. And, and so Gideon's kind of like a little concerned. And God saw that and said, yeah, I tell you what, Gideon, I know you really don't understand who's with you right now, but I'm going to help you out. I, I want you to go to the enemy's camp. I want you to sneak up to the edge of it. And I want you just to go kind of overhear what they're talking about in their tents. And so he did, and he snuck up to the enemy's camp, he and his friend, and they're standing there, and, and they overhear one of the guys in the tent talking to his friend about a dream he had had. And he says, you're not going to believe this dream. I'm telling you what, I, I'm shaking in my boots. I don't know what to think. He says, what's the dream? He said, I, I dreamed that, that, that there was this big loaf of barley rolling down the hill and into our camp and smashing all the tents. And everybody was displaced and everybody was flattened and everybody was in chaos. I, I, I'm disturbed. And his friend said, oh, that's none other than Gideon and his army. Oh, no, oh, no. And Gideon's on the outside of the tent going, And they ran back to the camp. And the Bible says, Gideon says to all of his army, come on, get up. The Lord's given us the enemy. You know what? If you just truly can overhear what the enemy says about you in the secret quarters of his own tent, uh, what Satan himself, the devil, if you would, says about you when you wake up in the morning, you would have so much confidence uh, to go forward in your day that you wouldn't even think twice about giving someone a word from the Lord, uh, going forward and witnessing to someone and sharing someone, praying for someone in the office. Uh, you'd be so bold, it would change your life. You just don't realize what you are to the enemy. You are a terror in the eyes of the enemy. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. The enemy knows more about your potential than you do. He knows that there's no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet he keeps trying to lie to you that you're condemned and that you're guilty and you're full of shame. But yet he knows there's no truth to that. It's called fake news in the enemy's camp. He, he knows that when you are weak, God is strong. He, he knows that when you have fear, that really there's no power in that because God has given you a spirit of power and love and sound mind. He knows the power of your praise when you begin to worship him on the way to work and when you begin to worship him in the stillness of the night in your bedroom. When you begin to worship him, he has to leave because he can't stand the presence of God's praises being lifted up. He understands the nine gifts of the spirit that are available to you, the spirit of faith and miracles and discernment, words of wisdom of analogy, he knows the power of the sword and the damage it can bring to his kingdom. He knows more about your potential than you've even realized. He, how many know you've got to rise up in this hour and say, I'm going to become who God has said I am? I believe that he will do anything in his power to keep your sword in its sheath. Sheath? Sheath? Sheath. As long as you have a sword and it's kept in its little sheath, he don't care. Just walk along and parade around all you want and show off your little sword, but it's when, when you pull it out. That's when something happens. That's when, that's when it's dangerous. It's, he's, cause why? Because he's a, he's a master illusionist. He's a skilled deceiver. He's a sinister opponent. Uh, and he causes you to keep this thing inside. You forget many times uh, the power of the sword, of the spear. You forget uh, this thing is right here on your side, available to you all the time. Uh, and so you don't pull it out, uh, but instead you talk about your brother behind their back. Uh, you you fight against your sister. You get crossways with a friend. You get bitter at a parent. You get resentful towards a peer. And you don't take the word of God seriously and don't stand on the promises. More than 3,000 promises in the word of God. You just walk around with this little sword in your sheath and it does nobody any good. But when you pull it out, baby, when you pull out the sword and begin to use and wield it through the airways, suddenly things begin to happen. Can somebody say amen this morning? Tap your neighbor on its shoulder and tell him, take it out, baby. Take it out, take it out, take it out. Come on, take it out. You're not doing it. Come on, tap him on the shoulder. Say, take it out. As long as you keep it on the coffee table, as long as you don't read it, as long as you don't apply it to your life, as long as you don't learn the promises that's in this word, then he's, he can do whatever he wants to, to do with you, and he will do it all the time. You wonder why you're constantly confused, why you're discouraged, you're down in the dumps, uh, you're depressed, uh, all you want to give up. Uh, it's because you got this sword down here when it's supposed to be here. In fact, I forgot that sword again. <laughs> Mr. Scott, up there in the back, somebody, if you wouldn't mind going to get my sword, I should appreciate that. I'm talking about getting the sword and I always forget it, but it's in my office somewhere. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual 
wickedness in high places. When we truly understand the power inside of us. Thank you so much. When we truly understand the power of the sword, it changes everything. Thank you, Jacqueline. Appreciate it so much. This is a sword. Come on, somebody. This is a sword. Now, the sword that he's talking about is really a dagger. It's about this long. But we're going to use this one anyway because it looks cool. And when you pull this thing out, the enemy sees that thing flashing in the sun. You don't think he's, all he's got all he's got is a lying tongue? That's all he has. He has no weapons, just a lying tongue. And this thing can cut through all of that stuff. It's when Jesus, when Jesus was getting out of the boat, he'd been in, in a storm all night long with his disciples. He'd gone to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to the place called the Gadarenes. And there was a wild man, a madman there, had been living amongst the, the, the tombs in the cemetery. He'd, they tried to shackle him, keep him bound, but he was, he was too, too wild. He could break all the shackles that they made. Saliva coming down his mouth. He had 2,000 demons living within him. And he comes when Jesus shows up, uh, he runs down to Jesus uh, and he cries out. He falls at his feet uh, and he shouts at the top of his lungs, what do you want with me, Jesus, the Son of God? I beg you, don't torture me. And if you would understand that that same Christ, uh, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you, wherever you go, there will be demons going, what do you want with me? Don't mess with me. Get away from me. Because you walk in like this. Come on, somebody. I feel like a ninja, ninja warrior. Come on. This is what God's asking us to do. To be a people that are familiar with the sword. To be a people that understand the power of his word at work inside of our lives. It was, America was going back and forth with Japan, World War II. Japan had dropped the bomb, Pearl Harbor, December, and, 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 and America's now in the war, and they're going back and forth, and lives are being lost by the thousands until, until August 6th, the United States dropped that atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Three days later, on August 9th, they dropped another one on Nagasaki. Six days after that, the white flag went up. And the Japanese realized they didn't have what it took to match what the United States now had. In a spiritual sense, you have an atomic bomb with you at all times. And all you have to do is walk around and drop that puppy on the enemy's head. Come on. Drop it on his head. But no, we want to live and walk around and not apply the scripture. We want to go to, you know, just self-help bookshelves and find all sorts of, you know, videos and we can find and how to improve ourselves when, when the answer is always here. And so the text that we've been talking, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, we, we don't want to go through all the, all the armor because we talked about that, but I will want to just address the last verse of Ephesians 6, 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, on your notes sake, you can write this down, talking about warriors. Warriors are comfortable with the sword. 
God's desire is for you to become very comfortable with his word and with his promises. That you really understand this word. It's more than just stories. It's full of powerful principles and tools to use every day of your life. I like the story in 2 Samuel 23. David's mighty men are being listed. When David, King David, before he came into into power as a, as a king, he began to gather these, these men together and they were just, they were just bold, brave warriors. And, and it, go, it goes on to list the names of these guys and it says, and, and these 37 some guys, there was three that were like head and shoulders above those guys. They were like the, the, the seals and the green beret and you know, the, the, the sea bees. They were all put into one. One person, one guy. And it talks about this one guy of the three. His name was Eleazar. And the Bible tells us that Eleazar and the, and, the, and the guys were gathered together and the Philistines came to meet them in 2 Samuel 23. And the Israelites retreated. Everybody's running. You only run because you're full of fear. But Eleazar, whose name means God has helped, the Bible said, stood his ground. Can I tell you that you have ground? That you're not supposed to relent to any spiritual force of darkness? That God has given every one of us spiritual ground? And he hasn't put anything on your backside to go running away? But he's called you to take not only your land, but to move forward. And Eleazar was like, I don't know why my guys are leaving. This is my ground. This is God's ground. I'm not, I'm not leaving. And the Bible goes on to tell how Eleazar fight all day, fought all day long against these Philistines. And he literally slew all of them. They were all slain by this one guy as everybody else is looking over the rocks, peering in unbelief at this this, this guy, this, this, this Rambo guy, for God, just doing it, making it happen. And the Bible says when he was done, his hand grew so tired that it literally froze around the sword. He had been doing business so long and so hard and fighting with every bit of faith that he had, with all the hope that he had, with all the inspiration that God had given him. He was fighting knowing that this is God's territory. What business does this enemy have to come and invade our land? No, this isn't going to happen. He fought. He fought. He fought. He stood his ground. He stood firm. He stood firm. He stood firm until finally the last one was gone. And he stood there like this. And they had to come. And they said, give us your sword. And he couldn't move his fingers because because his hands uh, had frozen to the sword. Well, let me tell you something. Here's what God's looking for. He's looking for a people whose hand has become frozen to the sword, uh, who know how to wield this thing uh, in the night season, in the day season, uh, when the tough times come, uh, when the good times come, you know how to wield your sword. Uh, and the only way I can get it away from you is I gotta peel it off your hand. In fact, it says even to hide it in your heart. And you will not sin against your God. It's the word, it's the sword of the spirit. Jesus understood the power of the sword. He understood the power of the word. 
The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 10, he says, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. This always played with my head. I couldn't understand this. He says, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I'm like, well, that seems kind of mean, right? What happened to little gentle Jesus? Where's he at? No, he says, I've come to bring, until I understood that the sword is the word of God. He says, I've come to bring this thing to life. And it's gonna hurt, it's gonna cut, and it's gonna even come in, 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 and interfere with some relationships that you value in your life. Maybe a father, maybe a mother, maybe a child is gonna, is gonna come and play with those relationships because when you take a stand on the truth, uh, not everybody likes it. It's not always cute and clean and pretty. Some people really don't like it at all. And that's what Jesus said. I didn't come to bring peace. I've come to bring the truth, a sword. In fact, he's come to bring a tool. He came to bring, see, we, we, this is the truth. But when you mix it, as Ephesians 6 says, pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we can all pick up the sword but it's not until you mix it with the spirit that things really begin to happen. I mean, you can dictate, you can quote and memorize all day long, but, but that truth is fine, but it's not until it's quickened does it bring results. What am I saying? The disciples knew the scriptures, but they had never seen the sword of the spirit. Jesus was saying, I've come to show you how to use the word of God in a way that it literally changes what's going on around you. Does anybody feel me this morning? You feel what I'm saying? The disciples already had access to the word. They had the five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They already knew that. They memorized large, large portions that they had the word of God, but they had never seen someone take the spirit and mix it with the truth. I have a weed eater at home, and I love this weed eater. Man, I just pull that thing, and man, just things happen. I feel, I feel like I'm in charge. I'm in control of something. When I have that weed eater, man. I'm just going around and I'm making things happen. And even a little snake. I'm just like, yeah, you know, get that. And I'll just, it don't matter to me. I'm, I, but you know what? That thing will not work unless I put some fuel in it. You know what my fuel says? It says, you got to give me a mixture of gas and oil. You put gas in this thing, it's not going to work very long. You put just oil, it's not going to work at all. I got to put a mixture of gas and oil. You got to have a mixture of the Word of God and the Spirit. And when you put the Spirit with the Word, baby, you can whack everything down you want. The Scriptures are no longer lifeless. Now they have power behind it. It's like now Barney getting that little bullet. Come on, you know, he finally has something to put in his gun. Spirit and truth. Look at this, John chapter 14, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and he will be with you forever. He will be the spirit of truth and you will know him for he lives with you and will be, help me out, in you. You got something living inside of you. 
that is powerful. It's the spirit of truth waiting to be released into the airwaves because God is waiting for you to speak so miracles can happen. He says, speak to that mountain. Declare it to go. See if I will not move that mountain. So I want to just do a little demonstration here. So if you wouldn't mind coming and being my, my uh, you can jump up here, you can walk the steps, whatever you want. You better take the steps, okay? Come on, Pete, you, you're the man. You're the man. Pete, Pete, thank you for working with me this morning. Now, Pete, I have a coping saw here, and I have a, I have a need, and, and, and I need you to rip this board all the way down, I'd say about three inches, right about there. Don't cheat on me, get that there. About right there, about, maybe that's a little bit more. That's like six really? or eight. Yeah, really? yeah I want to take, take that coping saw and, and try not to do it quickly. Just take your time, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and just, I don't think I have problems. Okay, okay, you just rip that sword, and I'm going to put this away. And while you're doing that, just take your time. While you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and preach. So I want you to watch how Jesus used the word how he used the sword of the Spirit. He goes, Jesus, pay attention to me. Pay attention. I know he's a good-looking guy, but pay attention to me for just a second. So Jesus goes into the watery grave, goes into the Jordan River, gets baptized, comes out of the water. God says, the Father says, this is my son. Everybody say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so at that time, the Holy Spirit leads him into a wilderness. He's in the wilderness for 40 days. He's in the wilderness for 40 days, and then now the devil comes. How many know the devil comes from time to time? How many are familiar with the devil and the lies of the devil? Come raise your hand. And so the devil comes to him, and he says, I know you're hungry. Now, if you'll just take this rock and just talk to it, you can turn it into a piece of bread. You're doing good. You're doing good, Pete. Keep, keep it up. You got a little bit to go, but you might... You might be able to make it for lunch if you keep at it. And so, and, so, and so he gets this word from God. And, 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 and the devil comes and says, hey, we need to talk a little bit. And, 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 and he says, I want you to take this rock. How many know the rock symbolizes the law? How many know the law was given on the Mount Sinai? It's the Ten Commandments. It, was, it speaks of the law. And, and, and the devil comes and says, you know, if you'll just walk, jump through the hoops and do all that the law says for you to do, then, you know, it'll feed your soul. And you know what Jesus' response was? Oh, no, I, I, apparently, Mr. Devil, you didn't hear what my dad said about me back there 40 days ago. I don't think you heard my dad say something. My dad was talking. And my dad said that he's well pleased with me. My dad said I'm his son. My dad declared that I'm already who you think I can be if I do all that. I'm already that. I don't have to do all that. I'm already that. In fact, and then he goes and he, he quotes a scripture out of Deuteronomy. In fact, three times he's tempted each one of these times. He quotes out of the book of Deuteronomy. Listen, nobody quotes out of the book of Deuteronomy, but he quoted through three times out of the book of Deuteronomy. He goes, and this he says, you know what, man? Come on, come on, Pete, don't give up, buddy. Come on, you, you're doing good. You're doing good. Just a little, just a little, a little bit further, a little bit further. And he says this, he goes, man does not live by bread alone, 
But what? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In the King James Version, it says, from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what Jesus told the devil was, devil, listen up. I got a preceding word. The last thing I heard God say to me, my father say to me 40 days ago was I'm his son. And I don't need to perform. I don't need to do works. I don't need to do any of that. I know who I am. I'm a son of God. And so therefore, I don't need what you're offering. I don't need what the world is offering. I don't need the laws. I don't need the rules. I don't need the regulations. All I got to know is that I'm the son of God. Don't put that thing on me. Don't put that yoke on me. I know who I am. Amanda, you might want to come because Pete's wearing out on me. No, no, you can go further. Brother, brother, brother. Okay, start on the other end. <laughs> start on the other end, brother. We can do this. We can. That's a little slanted, don't you think? It's not even straight, but that's okay. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Pete, you just hang in there. So the first thing you got to understand is that the, the Jesus knew the scripture has what? It has power. The scripture brings with it power. And guess what? And the second thing is that the scripture, this word can be quickened. Everybody say quickened. quickened. One more time. Quickened. And in other words, when you, when you reading the word or when you're praying or whatever and God brings a scripture to your mind, when you're just going through a situation, you're bringing that situation to God, you're praying about it, and the Lord like brings back a scripture to your mind as you're praying about it, guess what God's doing? He's quickening the word. Maybe you're reading the scripture and you're just praying about some stuff and you read something you probably read before and all of a sudden it goes, whoa. You go, whoa, this, this applies to me. What, you just got a quickened word from God. And when you have a quickened word from God, everything changes. Everything changes. You know what, Pete, let me tell you, let me help you out here. Thank you so much. I think what you probably need is this. Why don't you take this and why don't you just make a mess? Just make a mess. Strip this thing from That's east okay. to west. You can start to decide because you're the boss. You can just do whatever you want because you're the man, Pete. And we're just going to take this saw and you're going to show us what you can do with that saw, Pete. You're the man. I'll just hold this thing right here. Look at that. Come on. Woo! Come on, Pete. Yeah, Pete. Come on, Pete. Yeah, Pete. Come on, Pete. Yeah, baby. Come on, baby. Good job, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Good job, man. We spend our life trying to... Yeah, you can go now. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, brother. We spend our life... I don't know why I'm going through this stuff. I don't know why. Oh, I wish I could... I'm going to read this self-help book. I found the top shelf of the self-help books a million. Uh, maybe it's going to help me. Uh, it's not helping. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I need to find some people, some, some friends down at the bar. They can help me out. They've been through this before. Uh, it's not helping. What's going what you need is a quickened word from God. 
where this power of the Holy Spirit comes and ignites uh, and blows across this word and suddenly everything changes uh, and you believe uh, that you have everything you need as Gideon to fight the fight in front of you, to overcome the obstacle in front of you. You have what it takes because the spirit uh, of the living God lives inside of you. says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and fight your battle in Jesus' name. I got, I got to show you this. I mean, some, some of y'all were going to really like this. Remember Lion King? So you got the little Lion King and you got the big Lion King. I want to show you exactly what I'm talking about through a little clip and then we'll close. Can't you hear the father roaring behind you? I mean, you, we sometimes feel, don't we, like the little, little tiny lion? Satan, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. But man, when you get a word from God, when you're standing and you understand this thing just came alive, suddenly what happens is the spirit of the Father comes from behind. And what is in front of you that you felt powerless to defeat, suddenly you speak into with the voice of the Father. And the Father begins to declare, because why? You've picked up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And every knee will bow, every tongue confess uh, that he is Lord. When you begin to roar like Father Lion with the word of God, with a quickened word from your spirit. Come on, can you give God some praise for that this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? All those watching online, thank you so much for joining with us. But I'm here to ask you a question. If you don't know the roar of the lion, if you don't have a relationship with Father God, then you're just spending your time with a coping saw. Every day is challenging. It's hard, it's difficult. And what you need is a personal relationship with the living God. And he did everything in his power to restore that relationship which was broken through Adam by sending his son. And so today, my question to you, won't you receive him today? Wouldn't today be the best day to receive Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior? Yeah. So heads bowed and eyes closed. You would say, Pastor JP, today that's That's what I want to do. I want to come to know Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to repent. I'm going to walk the other direction. I've been playing around too long with every bit of courage that you have. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call you out of your seat, but you would say, that's me, Pastor JP. And today, I I want you to pray a prayer for me right from where I'm sitting. Just pray a prayer. Would Would you raise your hand and say, man, that's me, Pastor JP. Come on. I want to know Jesus. I'm going to ask him in my life. Yes, yes. Come on, yes. Over there. Those three, yes. Thank you. Come on, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior in the very back. Yes, man. 
I want to know Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to say a prayer for those that raised their hand, and I'm so thankful that you did. Thankful that you made a decision today to make him the Lord of your life. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. In fact, I would like everyone in this room to repeat it as well with me. Would you say it like this? Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And come into my heart and live your life through me. I'm not going to do it on my own anymore. I thank you for forgiving me of everything. Making me your child. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise for that? Those that raise your hand. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have some little connect cards there. And before anyone leaves, I want you to make sure that you fill that out. I want you to take it to our little table. We have some bistro tables in the, on your way out. We're going to give you a free Bible, brand new Bible. We want to give you some material to help you walk this thing out. We're in your corner. We'd love to invite you to our journey class. Week one starts today. That'll be a lot of fun. I invite you to come join us and see what it means to walk with Christ and find your purpose in His, in his calling. For everybody else here this morning, I want to have another prayer. I'm thankful that you are hearing God and being sensitive to the Lord. But today, I, I truly, I, I believe this. I, I wrote this down. I, I believe some of us here have been listening to another voice. Perhaps there's been the hyenas, hyenas in your life telling you, you're no good, you're a weakling, you have no place, you, know, you have no responsibility. God, God could never use you. But I, I want to tell you today that well, you believe lies, but today the Lord is, is coming and he's, he's challenging you to pick up the sword, pull it out of its sheath, begin to look at your situations that you're in and, and say, God, give me a word. Give me a word for my wayward child. God, give me a word for my finances. Lord, give me a word for that difficult employee that I'm I'm working with it. Give me a word for that, that teacher that I'm really having a hard time converse, having conversation with. And study. Help me, Lord God, with that boyfriend, that girlfriend, or direction of my life. Father, give me a word. Pull out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and watch Him begin to blow through your life in a fresh new way. You would say, man, that's me, Pastor JP. I, I'm all in. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Come on. I want a fresh word from God. Amen. Father God, you see our hands this morning. We thank you for a fresh word today. We thank you, Lord God, that you are allowing that word that you've given us to become real and active and alive. The only weapon of the, the spiritual armor that we have used to, to fight off the enemy and to take new ground. If there had been something else that we needed, you would have given us that. But you gave us the word of God in prayer. And so, God, today we take the word of God and we say, thank you, Lord, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting us under soul and spirit, giving us wisdom and discernment. And, Lord God, we make a decision today, starting today, we're going to make this word more precious to us. Thank you for your precious promises. Thank you for the word becoming alive to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.